everyone. My name is Bill Crane and you're listening to me on Above and Beyond. Hi everybody, Mike Myers here with another episode of Above and Beyond, brought to you by the Reengineering Australia Foundation. REA's goal is to engage, inspire and educate students, teachers and industry about the value of STEM education and careers in STEM pathways. Today we've got an interview with Bill Crane, who's a teacher from uh, Tumut High School, which is a rural New South Wales school. And Bill went through the process of getting involved with F1 in schools and taking a team all the way through to the F1 in schools world final in Singapore in 2019. Welcome, Bill. Thank you, Mike. Great to be here. Maybe you can uh, give us a bit of a background to Tumut and your history and teaching and what it's like to work in a rural school. I guess, Mike, I've taught in a variety of schools across my career and Tumut High School is a typical rural school of approximately 538 students. It sits at the base of the Snowy Mountains. It uh, is a working class town, I guess, with about 7,000 people um, as the total population, uh, mainly employed within the rural and industrial sector of the area. There's, there's a pulp mill, which is run by Visi, and there's ADK, which is a, a timber processing plant, and then there's the associated engineering as well as trade-based um, industries that revolve around those main two businesses that support the, the forestry and logging industry within Tumut. Tumut has its history in the Snowy Mountains scheme, doesn't it? I mean, that's in a sense where it came from. Is that the origins of Tumut or was it there before then? It was there before, I guess, just it was just a little bit smaller, I suppose. And certainly the population would have grown because of the hydro, snowy hydro construction process. Tumut was certainly, I suppose, a, a fairly small place and, until the, the dam building for the Snowy Hydro scheme began and then population would have will have fallen but it's grown in recent years because of the, the forestry industry which has increased the, the size of the town I guess and the associated industry that uh, relates to support that. So what's the difference between a, a rural school and a uh, an urban school or a city school in terms of a teacher having to deal with the environment and the kids and things? Sometimes in a way there's no difference and sometimes there are differences. It depends on, on the demographic of the area. Tumut certainly experiences its its fair share of of um, of challenges, financial challenges amongst families and that can still be relevant for, for urban schools. I guess the type of, of um, industry that their parents work in could be, you know, in some way similar and in and different. I think, generally speaking, it's it's just location. So, in a sense, to some extent, it's a low socioeconomic environment. From what I gather, forty percent of the community experience some form of housing stress, be it financial or domestic violence or domestic difficulties or, you know, just from day to day paying the bills and keeping food on the table. And, you know, by and large, that's probably no different to a lot of Australia. Given that you're in, in the bush, if you can use that colloquialism, is the, do you say uh, an innovative capacity in the kids, even though that the environment might be somewhat tough, are the kids innovative? Do they have that bush skill buried into their environment, into their genes? Some do, some don't. Um, 
you know, I, I just teaching in that school, I've, I just find it a, a great school to teach at. I, there's certainly, there are certainly challenges. There's, you know, there's great kids. There's kids there that certainly have have difficulties, be it from, you know, depending on their the environment that that they come from and and the, and the issues that they have in their life, which is no different to any any school really within Australia, but. I just find it, uh, you know, I, I enjoy teaching there. I, I find it rewarding. I certainly find it challenging. You know, there's the kid, there'll, there'll be the kids there that or students that will become doctors, lawyers, engineers, and tradespeople, and filter into all sorts of co- areas of commerce and industry. And so it, it's just one of those schools where you do feel rewarded because I mean I, I drive downtown and I see former students and they say good day. I employ former students to come and help renovate my house and it's just great to have that contact from not just uh, at school but beyond the point of when they leave and and a lot of them feel very proud that they come from Tumut and often you know um, you do find that students may not feel that way from the town that they come from but these guys do very much and um, that carries through and they they typically stay or at least come back to Tumut because they find it just such a great place to to live. So it gets in their blood. Oh yeah definitely and and it's the same with me I mean I could have taught anywhere and I did teach quite a a bit in Sydney I taught at Wagga High for 10 years and I just had this urge to come back and teach at Tumut High School I, I didn't actually go to Tumut High School but we come from that area and I feel as though it's great to to come back and, and make that contribution to the, the local community. So why get involved in F1 in schools? Oh, I must have been mad, but hey, you, it's best if you don't know about these things before you actually take them on <laughs> in some ways. But in all fairness, it was able to kickstart our school in a totally different direction than we were going. When I first got there, we were using drawing boards. Um, there was no computer software for 3D modelling or orthographic drawing. And it was just back to the typical, you know, 1950s, 60s type of, of drafting methods. And I thought, wow, this has just got to stop. And fortunately, we were able to get some money and we have a principal there that he wanted the school to 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 move forward and I was able to convince him um, or con him, I don't know, um, to, to give us about 50 grand and we're able to buy a Denford CNC and a 3D printer and the track and the starting gates and so forth. And with Autodesk, they were able to supply all the software for nothing and they still do and will do for everyone and I just find that remarkable in itself and so we've gone from using you know very archaic types of 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 drafting methods to now using cutting edge industry relevant software which the students then and as I tell them said you understand this program, even when you become, say, a tradesman, you could find yourself in the office designing parts that are manufactured overseas. And so we have students now that are certainly up to that level. And I guess REA and the F1 in schools created that that vehicle, so to speak, without, uh, excuse the pun, so to create that interest, that engagement. And I think without that competition, there wouldn't have, certainly wouldn't have been that level of engagement and certainly wouldn't have had that level of engagement to take a group of students or inspire a group of students to want to make to the world finals. So from what you were just saying there, the process of the competition actually adds value to the learning exercise. Yeah, absolutely. It it gives a focus. We take groups of students through the design process of the F1 cars. And so with the mind 
mindset of being right at the end of this we're going to get you into teams and we're going to machine a car off you're going to paint it and then you're going to compete against your peers so it's a tool of engagement and it's with without that well i guess we'd have to find other methods but it just it just makes the whole process much easier so taking your first set of students through how far did they make it on the first run through well my first lot of students actually went to the state finals as in the cadet class and they took out first second and third in the state so that was first time through and well i mean you 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 enter the competition with no real expectation you certainly you know I, I didn't expect that they would go get first second and third I mean I was hopeful by by all means but to to our absolute delight took out first second and third and then that inspired a few of them about 12 months later to go well hang on why don't we get a professional side going and so they and so they did and then it developed from there and boy there was there was certainly that was certainly a journey that I'll never forget <laughs> In what context do you think that uh, left a lasting impression on you? Oh, it was just immense. It really was. It's it's in some ways better if you don't know what's what's going to be involved because if you do you know the second time, you, you, you it might give you pause. But, you know, if you did get a team the second time around and they were keen, they were eager and certainly had the talent, you, you certainly as a teacher from my point of view couldn't say no to them. And, I mean, these boys... And we, we did put it out there for, for both boys and girls, male and female students, but we only had a, ended up with a, a group of boys. And it was certainly life-changing for all of them and certainly life-changing for me. And it was certainly probably one of the best things I've ever done in teaching to see the students grow as young adults and go beyond what they thought they could have done and just have that experience above and beyond oh well well and truly above and beyond yeah it was like it was like having an extra teaching load on top of current teaching load that's what it was it it just ruled the day ruled the night i'd wake up in the morning five o'clock in the morning worried about whether the wheels were going to get machined off whether the, the trade display was going to hit its deadline and often it it sort of didn't but then we all in the end, it you know you pull your hair out all the way through. You have your ups and downs. You certainly constant challenges. But by the end of it, we got there. We got across there. We competed. We got twentieth in the world, which was just amazing. And um, yeah, couldn't have been happier. And looking back, yeah, sure it was tough, but all things great are tough to do. If we go to the end game for the moment and look at the students and then compare them to when they started. What's the change that you see in them? Well, there was one student that particularly sticks in mind was one guy who was even too scared to get onto the phone and talk to potential sponsors. By the end of it, he'd gained so much confidence that it was not a problem. He'd get on the phone, he'd, he'd drive around there and engage these these people from industry to, to help us out. And I thought that was an amazing thing. All the boys, they did mature 
along the way and they become almost like, uh, in a way, veterans with dealing with industry and each other. And they certainly not only develop their different roles such as a managing design manager or production manager or marketing manager, but they developed as, as, as young adults and they develop these skills which you only really develop, I think, once you get out into the workforce and they have that already. I think that was a, a certainly a, a valuable byproduct of the whole process. So at the world final, uh, my impression is they tended to shine a lot. It helped them come right out of their skin. Is that a fair assessment? Oh, I think so. I mean, it's a big thing, you think. Maybe you can describe what it's like to walk into a world final. Yeah, well, gee whiz. I mean, just walking onto the plane initially, getting onto the plane to go to the world final was pretty pretty amazing. And if you peel that back, and when we came second at, at the national finals, and yeah, well, I mean, I knew they were good. Um, they knew they they certainly had it, but without obviously being too cocky about it. And But then when we came second and then the realisation that we were going to the world final dawned upon us, that was that was pretty amazing. That That... that that feeling was, yeah, just something that will live with you. And uh, certainly a lot of people that probably didn't think that we would, but we did. And it showed people that, you know what, if you've got got some talent and you've got a heck of a lot of work ethic, you know, and you've got to have that work ethic in spades and, and that dedication and the willingness to sacrifice a good six months of your life, then it's it's possible to get to the world finals. And it doesn't mean whether, it doesn't matter whether you've been one year in the competition or 10 years, if you have that hunger, if you have that drive, then I think Tumut High and IOTA showed everyone that it can happen. So that, you know, when we flew into Singapore and got to Santosa Island and walked into the auditorium at the Hard Rock Hotel and like these just these guys just came into their own I mean no longer were they from a small town no longer were they from varying backgrounds some rich some poor they're on the late level playing field of right we we're here we made it and we can hold our own amongst 20 other countries in the world Sitting there and talking to David Croft or, or to the heads of the Formula One teams, how did the kids react to that opportunity? Oh, gosh. Yeah, that... I mean... You should probably explain that. David Croft is the person who does the commentary for Formula One. He commentates on the F1 Schools event, but also along the way there's opportunities for the students to meet uh, owners of Formula One teams, uh, Toto Wolf, a whole lot of people engage with the students. So it's a quite inspiring environment for them to participate in. How did the kids respond or enjoy that process? It's, it's fairly difficult to put put it in words to tell you the truth. I mean, it's it's memories, it's feelings, it's sights and smells. I mean, uh, you know, talking to Crofty, talking to Chase Carey, just the fact that they got a, a photograph with Chase Carey in front of their their trade display, and they they um, they <laughs> they actually got those that photograph um, printed off, enlarged. And then put into a, a frame, and they actually gave it to me. And like I thought, oh gee, it was I thought I would have got a photo of me with the team. But they they were just so so overwhelmed by that experience, and 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 really touched by the fact that they could 
actually come into contact with these people, which they never generally have that opportunity to to do. And I mean, even just the walk down along the pits at the um, F1 track in in Singapore there, and just see the teams working away and, and have the opportunity to go into the pit pit areas, their experiences, which look, let's face it, most common people don't get in their life, and you know they got them as students, but they they worked for it. You know, they got there. They 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 got there because of, of the talent, but also of, mainly of their work ethic, I think, and and the willing to sacrifice. And they they, they deserved every po- positive experience that they gained. It was really great to see, actually. In the process of designing a building and getting there, this whole uh, event from uh, Tumut to Singapore, one might say, the role of failure in the in the, the learning process of the students. Where do you think that fits? Failure is a good thing because it teaches you that you know what, not everything's perfect. It teaches you resilience, and those people that can accept that failure and move on will ultimately succeed. They have to. They, you know, they they bounce back. Um, they keep moving, and the F one in schools program or the competition teaches that. Um, it teaches the fact that you've got to have attention to detail. You've you can't just wing it. And you know, from the state finals to national finals to world finals, there'll be mistakes. There's, there'll be things that that slip through. But it's a it's a constant learning process and it, I think it evolved the students uh, as young adults themselves to, to go, all right, okay, this works, this doesn't work, this was a horrible failure, what can I learn from it and how can I make it better? And certainly um, having worked with a design engineer um, extensively, there was probably a couple of thousand hours just in the drawing of the final car itself. It came 20th, it certainly wasn't the best car. All right, in the world finals, we could see its faults. We could see, certainly, see its positives. And uh, but despite that, we were still happy with with the result that we achieved. And I guess, yeah, um, it teaches all those adult things that you learn out in the workforce. But you know, it's equipping these these students at school so that when they do get into the workforce, they have that skill set already. I must qualify here. The, the um, you talk about twentieth, but. In terms of performance, the top 10 teams were within 0.01 of a second and the top 20 was about 0.02 of a second difference. So there's not much between 1st and 20th in terms of performance. So I think mm. what the kids did was absolutely fantastic effort. Yeah, oh, certainly. That's that's exactly right. Now, we can often look at it as in terms of placement, but in terms of time, we were right up there, definitely, and I couldn't have been prouder. So did it take time for them to come down from the mountain when they got back? <laughs> Ah, uh, Tumut High School has that that way of of just bringing you back down to earth pretty quickly, and it's probably like most state schools or anywhere really. They were pretty humble kids in the first place, so it wasn't wasn't too difficult. I think they they carry that sense of pride and, and achievement quietly and humbly within the community until asked, and then obviously they'll open up about their experiences. And so I think it was certainly that was like you know when we came back, it was. Oh, probably took a little while, to, I guess, to, to come back down. But they seemed to carry on business as usual. They were just happy to get back and 
you know, go fishing and play soccer and have a, a bit of extra free time and a bit more of a life where they, they really did sacrifice a, a lot of that, particularly the guys that were in year 11 doing their preliminary HSC. I mean, they sacrificed a lot. And same with the year 10s and the year 9s. There was many, many late hours and so forth like that. So I think, yeah, it was certainly their, their name within the community is quite recognised as IOTA and certainly F1 in schools has got a greater presence within the community and some, you know, amongst those people that do understand what the, what it's about, they have a, a great deal of um, respect uh, for what that competition has enabled and the REA has enabled these students or the, the opportunity that's been enabled uh, for them to, to, to take up. Did uh, the process of being involved in a... F1 in schools, I don't say, or the whole pro- learning process that they've gone. Did the students learn things that then washed across to the other subjects or to their attitude towards study and the importance of study? Oh, you bet. You bet. Um, there's one individual particularly that he now, from... He, he was, I wondered whether he would be able to take on as many subjects or how he would go, but one thing that... F1 in schools competition and preparing for the world finals taught him was that he just had to had to knuckle down and grind out the work and he was it's like these tennis players that come back from 40 love and then win the set he would just grind his way through the work and I think that taught the the team that work that particular work ethic that all right they might have challenges in front of them but if they knuckle down and they grind their way through it often that they will meet that challenge and solve that challenge or or win over in in some way and so I think it's certainly one it taught them work ethic work ethic it taught them resilience because often things didn't work or things didn't go your way your your way or you know so you had to look at alternatives and so I think that that certainly washed over and, and became quite apparent and and you, you can see that in in their studies at school that they they have that perseverance about them as a teacher what kind of impact did it have on you Oh, lots of grey hairs, that's for sure. <laughs> like, oh boy, it was probably, you know, it was one of the most stressful things I've ever done, particularly dealing with industry. It, you know, it, it was one of the best things I've ever done. And it was, it, it taught me, uh, a, 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 I guess, a bit about myself, I suppose, that I became more resilient as a teacher and I guess as a person. And certainly with, with dealing, we had the best and worst of industry. We, we had people that were just unbelievably great to, to deal with and other people that were so, so difficult that make you wonder whether how could they survive in industry. And you know what? That was really good for the team and students to see that as well because, again, that's a life experience. We only have typically as a as an adult and you don't actually have a whole lot of industry experience having to deal with industry as a teacher and we're generally a, a pretty civil bunch and although at times um, we do sort of rub shoulders but you know nothing like what can happen in industry I'm, assu- I'm sure and so that that certainly awakened me with the challenges that of dealing with, with industry and the whole process 
was um, yeah, it was certainly it was certainly pretty amazing. I made some amazing contacts. I made um, I had some amazing experience. I mean, as a, as a teacher, I never thought in my wildest dreams that I would have a team that would represent um, Tumut, let alone New South Wales, let alone Australia, at the world stage in possibly the. The, well, it is the biggest STEM competition within the world, and by by no means like it is without doubt the most challenging STEM competition. And people might have an argument against that, but until you are immersed into that competition and have to deal with you know small things, where are we going to get the bearings from? What sort of what sort of material? What type of plastic we're going to use for the wheel support systems? How are we going to machine that? Do we do we 3D print it? What is, what's the fours and against of 3D printing versus machining? Corporate sponsorship, booth design, booth booth manufacture, team colours, team identity. How are we going to ship stuff? I mean, I'd never sh- well, I'd never shipped anything across the the, the um, overseas apart from maybe a a, um, a letter but most of it's now email, let alone a parcel. And so, you know, the, the shipping, it, it, it presented its own challenges, but every step of the way there were challenges that, that we dealt with as a, as a team and, and as a, myself as an individual. And um, I was just lucky that we had a, I have a very understanding wife <laughs> and um, we're still married. <laughs> and it sounds like none of what you were talking about just then is in the curriculum. Oh, no. No, this goes... It was very interesting. At the end of it, you have to write a report, you know, for the sponsorship that you get and so forth from the government. And there's just... You couldn't put it on, on paper. Yeah, um, maybe if you gave me a 100-page A4 booklet, I could have probably written pages and pages of outcomes that these guys achieved and stuff that we don't even realise yet that they will realise later on when they are in the adult arena, in industry, and those those skills that they learnt with dealing with other adults, dealing with industry, dealing with, with challenges and, you know, things that just don't work and then they still have to move forward. Like, you don't get that in any other in any of the curriculum, not at that level. Yes, you get taught content. Yes, you learn a lot of social skills at school. There's no certainly no doubt about that. There's a lot of learning outside the, the syllabuses that, you know, the students do gain. But at that upper level, you only get that sort of thing through a competition of this grade or calibre. It's just, yeah, it's just amazing. If I remember back... Right at the start of the process and going to the world final, there was a need to raise some money. Oh boy, yeah. And that was something that appeared to scare you a little bit at the start. How was that journey? Ah, yeah, wow, gee whiz. That was a journey and a half, but um, you know what, it actually was easier despite me being really worried about it. When you're told straight up, you're going to need 60 grand for the world finals, you go, wow, that's a lot of sausage sizzles of chocolates and, uh, and, and raffles. And now you can't even hold a raffle at school. But anyway, that's another story. But yeah, that was, that was certainly really daunting. And so we just go, rightio, how are we going to get this? And so we just um, explored all these possibilities and Fortunately for us, like we were the first team through, it was obviously a, f- a first for the community. 
and the community were hugely proud. I mean, the fact that REA were able to live stream the national finals, you know, there were dozens of people in, across Tumut watching it, just glued um, to the TV, uh, you know, mates uh, of, of these students that were competing at the national finals were actually watching that and cheering them on and... I think that was certainly helped with engaging the community or even further engaging the community, particularly when the um, at the award ceremony that was live streamed and they saw Iota came, come second and then the realisation that these guys are going to the world finals, Tumut is going to the world finals and it's a very proud community that we're proud of where they they come from and, you know, it certainly helped engage that the community behind them and we're, we're very fortunate. I mean, we got um, 10,000 from Vizzy, we got 10,000 from Rosin Developments which created the harvesting head for the harvesters little old Tumut, developed that design and sold it, uh, created the worldwide patent and sold it to the world. We got $15,000 off the Blakeney Miller Foundation. Government chipped in with with a, a grant and then we had varying levels of businesses, small and big, give varying sums of money. And so we were very, very fortunate. Did they have to work for it? Sure did. Did they have to sell themselves? Yeah. They certainly had to jump through the hoops and and get that money and prove to the community that it wasn't like, you know, one grand, five grand, $500 or $50, you know, it wasn't going to be wasted. And so... They, they had their team uniform, they had their team identity, they had their, their brochures. I can remember one of the guys from DME, a engineering company which supports Vizzy. He and we went in and it was tough to get an interview with these guys, really, really tough. They're super busy. And Toby Beatty, he was just looking through the prospectus and he said, boys, this is the best prospectus I've ever seen. And I went, wow. Yeah, so... We got it. We got the money, and it certainly helped a lot to take the stress out of the whole whole show. Definitely, little mouse tells me you got a little bit more than you needed. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. But you know, yeah, we we certainly wouldn't uh, say no to any of it. It's good. Um, the students, whereabouts are they now? What, what, what's the vision in their eyes? The ones that in in, in Iota, where are they going? Uh, they're still at school. We have two guys that are currently in HSE exams. We've got two guys that are at the end of year 11, just starting year 12. And we have two guys in year 10. And so oh, I think the, not knowing specifically their their aspirations, or at least all of them, I know one is definitely wants to move into aeronautical engineering. He has a... a, a fascination boarding, bordering on obsession with F1 now where he never did and I think the others probably see themselves as a little bit uh, you see themselves as, as a little little higher in their own eyes a little bit higher in their own mind and say you know what we can aspire to a little bit more than we possibly thought we could have before well, Bill that's wonderful is there anything any advice that you might give to another teacher who um got hooked by this F1 process? You've just got to do it. You've just got to... Don't think about it. Don't analyse it. You know, if you make a... Oh, well, you make a state final, you make a a national final, you make a a world final, just 
give it everything that you've got, you will sacrifice. There's no doubt about that. You will spend a lot of time with your students. You will get to know them much higher level than you would have ordinarily, I think. What you get out of out of it as a as a person, as a, as a teacher, there's certainly no taking away from that. And if, look, if you do make it to a world final, there's certainly you know just something immensely to be proud of. And you may only make that once in your life. You may may make it a few times. Who knows? And you know what? It might actually also by proving to the school that your students have got it they've got the work ethic they've got the skill and prepared to put in put put in to get to where they want it it also proves to a lot of people that hey you know what these these students are, are fantastic students and we you know we 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 shouldn't um just assume anything we, you know we, we need to um give them every opportunity and that it's about that opportunity I mean fortunately we were, were given a grant so that we could afford this gear and you know and you think wow what if every school in the state could have a, a CNC what if you know they could participate in a competition and have this opportunity then you know it would it is about that opportunity that you're giving to to the, the students at your school and I just think well where would these these students have been without this opportunity you know I'm not sure you know they would have certainly merged into their areas but you know what I think perhaps they've they've realized the capabilities of themselves and certainly they've realized that they can achieve more than they perhaps thought and are perhaps looking at broader things that they then they would have originally thought that they could achieve. Bill, that's been an absolutely wonderful story. I'm sure I could probably get two or three stories out of that. <laughs> but uh, thank you for your time and for your effort and, and um, look forward to seeing you at a, another world final in the future, maybe. Thanks, Mike. <laughs>